Catch a pass here or there. He's complete trash. Garbage. All right. What is up? Welcome back to the Organic Football Podcast. And uh, we are back. And, you know, we have some uh, exciting news to announce uh, to the fans. And, you know, we're just here talking our fantasy football, running through our divisions. But as it turns out, Rich, we're actually live on some – pod platforms for the first time and people are downloading people are uh, listening they're enjoying it so yeah we just want to shout them out and say thanks and uh let them know uh what's going on with that so send it over to you rich uh you did you put in a lot of the work and we are live so what's up man how's it feel yeah man i mean we're we're fully excited uh definitely definitely happy to have you know people out there taking what we have to say to heart um uh, joining our circle as we put it a little bit and hanging out and, and, you know, having some fantasy football talks and, and enjoying it as we go. So I think it's pretty cool. I, I'm glad to, to join people with us and hopefully we give them a little advice that, that helps them throughout the season, I think. So pretty, pretty dope to me. Yeah. I got to give a big shout out to all the people that I reached out to and they give the listen, got a good couple feedbacks from people. So just want to say thanks Right. And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, before, Brad, that uh, with your college stories, you know, you don't want the circles getting too big sometimes. But in this case, with a podcast, it should just keep expanding, I think, man. We'll make this a huge fucking circle. What do you guys say? Oh, yeah. Everyone can smoke on this (laughs) one. (laughs) We will pass it all the way around. It's all good, man. But, yeah, we're here. And uh, so we're live on the uh, different platforms. Rich, do you want to run through uh, what we've got set up at this point? Uh, maybe if the fans want to find us at this point, um, we're on Apple, uh, through your podcast system. So you should have the podcast app on your phone. If not, you download that through the app store. Um, super simple. Um, you can just easily search up organic football and that'll pop it up real quick. Uh, the organic football podcast, you'll see our, you'll see our green, uh, label on there and you should be able to find it pretty easy. And then, uh, we are also on Podbean. uh, in case you're an Android only user, you can find it on there. Um, there's an app for that as well through their, uh, Google play store and then, uh, you're ready to rock. Well, fuck yeah. And don't forget, we're also in all your hearts. Now, all your hearts, all your minds. And uh, we do got <laughs> yep. some social media feeds uh, getting set up at this point as well, uh, if you want to interact that way. So that would be on the Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I believe just search for the OFP, the Organic Football Podcast, and it should pop right up. So uh, just super exciting It'll news. Pop up there too. Let's give a big shout-out to Noel for the graphics and doing a great kick-ass job. Well, Noel, my wife is kicking its ass. Yeah, she sure. blasted that Definitely. one right out the park, man. She nailed it. All right, man. So we're gonna get it rolling here, and uh, you know, we are gonna discuss the AFC North tonight, fellas. And man, this is the division, guys. Uh, that wow. I mean, some really strong franchises, right? But also some really great rivalries. That's what I like about this division, man. I mean, there's other divisions out there really long and storied and bitter rivalries in some cases, you know, NFC North comes to mind. The NFC West has a little bit of bad blood 
uh, here and there. But I got to say, man, uh, when it comes to the AFC North, you know, the, the bad blood, the animosity, it's real. It really reaches a boiling point out there. So I'm super stoked to talk about uh, these four squads. So, uh, Rich, overall, you know, AFC North, what comes to mind for you, bro? Honestly, that was that was a really good way to put that about rivalries. I, I think that, that kind of really does sum it up. I do think it's just a smash-mouth division. So uh, when you talk about that, I think if you look at any of these matchups, when these teams play each other, it's a physical matchup. It's, um, it's definitely intense. So it creates for um, some good defenses for sure. Um, but I see, you know, a lot of lot of super super good star potential in fantasy as well. So it should be should be nice to talk about. Yeah, I think like you said, uh, there's a lot of good defenses. It's generally coming out of this division. They're always defensive minded teams, and I do think we're going to see a little bit of a shift, uh, a little topsy turvy in this league. Because before, to me, it was always like you know. This uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati and Baltimore were on top, but now I think that Cleveland's starting to make their way up, and you know some of these other teams are going to fall. So I think uh, it's a little topsy turvy in this in this division. So it's kind of interesting to see how it all plays out. Ah, okay, man. Yeah, that's an interesting take, man. Um, when the NFL schedule comes out every April, you know it, this is the type of division. You know these squads just they circle. They literally circle the weeks on the calendar when they're playing against each other. I mean, they come out, they're out for blood, and I don't know, I just like that. Yeah, they definitely just don't like each other. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't care for when the bad blood boils over, you know. There's been some uh, ugly incidents uh, in the past, but I do love the fact, you know, these teams, these players, guys, in this division, you know, they're not about the bro hugs, you know, and the jersey exchanges after the game. It, they don't like each other. They're looking to punch each other directly in the face, and as soon as the ball's kicked off, it's – you know, it's just – it's like the epitome of uh, just hard-nosed football, man. So, no easy wins in the AFC North, that's for sure. They just kind of beat up on each other the whole year. It gets me thinking, though, like, man, like some of my favorite games that I've ever watched are, are Pittsburgh-Baltimore games. Like, like just, just these yeah. smash-mouth football games. They're like, at the end, Stellar. you're just like, whoa, yeah. what did I just see? Just yeah. like, just these hits. Like, I mean – and this is a little bit back in the day, but when a little more hitting could happen. But, yeah. man, you just see just guys that up and just it, it is still just like a grind in these games i think uh the most touchdowns ever thrown in one game was since the cleveland with Derek anderson and carson palmer i remember that kid. yeah that was a uh, in the playoffs yeah yeah seven the guy that threw seven lost i remember that Derek anderson Derek anderson threw seven touchdowns and lost in the playoffs that yeah i bet that stings but yeah <laughs> all right guys well hey we we built it up we revved up this division so let's uh deliver on the promise man well guys we're gonna go to i believe they call this the queen city it is out there in cincinnati ohio uh you know cincinnati Bengals, man um they're kind of down but they did have the number one pick in the draft uh Last year, they selected Joe Burrow out of LSU, uh, the number one selection. So they got their number one quarterback. He's going to be the starter. A uh, couple other uh, guys on offense that are worth talking about. But uh, when you look at Joe Burrow and the Bengals, Brad, I mean, they took him at the top, man. Is he going to be the guy? Is he a reliable I shouldn't say reliable. Is he going to turn into a genuine, you know, number one draft pick quarterback? Or is he in a bad situation? Yeah, I mean, he's in a really bad situation. So it's really tough for me to invest my money in him. You know, I, I kind of want to see what he's going to do before I put any kind of value on him. 
So if I go get a pretty decent quarterback and I want to invest a couple bucks in him, you know, kind of see what he does, that's great. But, you know, it's a bad situation. I see them as the worst team in that division. So I just don't see a lot of upside to him. Even though he might have a lot of potential, I just think it's going to be a growing year. He's going to make a lot of mistakes. And, you know, maybe in the coming years he'll be good, but not this year. Yeah, I wasn't uh, I wasn't really fully impressed with Joe Burrow. I think there's there's a lot of hype around the guy. Um, but I, I don't know if his talent really adds up to that. I, I, I've seen him make some big throws, but I also saw him throwing open, really open wide receivers. When, when I saw what he was doing, all those guys are wide open. So um, th- he's going to have some nice weapons around him. I think it really banks on what Zach Taylor is going to do. Um, is this guy a good coach or not? If he is, um, he can he can bring an offensive set that that will kind of work to his skill set. But yeah, it's it's a year or two project before he's he's a fantasy relevant guy or a sturdy enough quarterback because of what the situation is. They they are a rebuilding team in my opinion. So it's it, anything that's revolving around that they're they're not going to be the greatest team, the greatest outlook. Like I like Brad said, they're the worst team in the division, and that's a stacked division. So they can't even climb out of their own division. Yeah, I mean they're they're two three years away from being relevant. So yeah, which I mean that's that's what they should be, and that's what they should strive to be is two three years down the road. Yeah, be kicking ass. I mean they're they're a younger team and. Uh, without the likes of like an AJ Green, they're they're young, they're they're young squad, so they should just try to grow. And that's a young coach, so why not try to grow? Yeah, and uh, Joe Burrow, man, uh, it's tough to really judge. Uh, like you said, it's going to be a bad situation, you know. And uh, the other thing to remember about Joe Burrow was he was kind of a backup at Ohio State, uh, I believe, for most of his college career, and then his senior year, uh, he transferred to LSU. He had the one great year they won a title i mean he played awesome there's no doubt but it's still one year of for like 60 touchdowns or yeah something. one year of great production which there's been a lot of quarterbacks in college that have had one good year and not translated which, you know the one year of great production thing richard it, it reminds me of one uh mitchell trubisky if you ever heard of him. Ooh, that's interesting yeah <laughs> He also had one year of being good in college. Yeah, all right. Uh, I can't, I'm i not going to go back into that freaking guy. All right, let's keep going, man. Uh, so, anyways, uh, moving on to the running back. Joe Mixon at running back, guys. A nice fantasy player. Um, a little bit like Leonard Fournette in the sense that he's stuck on a bad team, but probably a pretty uh, talented guy. I do like his potential to, you know, be a top 15 running back. But, uh, Brad, when you look at Joe Mixon, is he somebody you're getting excited about? No, I'm not really getting excited about. I would probably put him in a Tier 2, Tier 3 running back for me. So, if the price is right and he drops really low, I'm excited about it. But, like you said, bad situation, bad team. That's just nothing I really want to be a part of. I don't see their offense being on the field that long. I see it, you know, short drives, three and outs. So, I actually like kind of Joe Mixon, depending on his value. Uh, you know, if I can yeah, get like him. Yeah, like 25 bucks, yeah. I like him. Yeah, that's so. what I'm thinking. If he was about 25 bucks, he could turn out to be a good, solid top seven, top eight guy. So, like you said, what would you say, tier two? Yeah, I mean, seven, eight. I was thinking like 10, 12, but still that's top, that's top one production. So, 
If you get yeah, for 25, I, that's super good value for that kind of. I'll tell you, I, I'll tell you that Joe Mixon is the guy who is getting, you know, about 20 touches a game. So between carries and, and receptions, he's getting over 20 touches. That's kind of a workhorse. So it, those are the more rare guys to find. They do have Gio Bernard, but that's, that's yeah. not, he's more, he's more of that handcuff. So, I mean, uh, you're pretty much going to get about 75 yards, like 110 nights from mixing a game. The thing is, is yeah, I mean, here's the thing also uh, with uh, Zach Taylor. He's a McVeigh type guy. So if you look at that, like what they really want to do is run the ball. They want to set up with running the ball. When they were at their best in L.A., uh, is running the ball with Todd Gurley. So what they, what they would want to do is, is give it to Mixon. So like they want to use him in that same regard. So I, I'm interested in Mixon. It just kind of depends. Like you said, Brad, they are kind of a bad team, but they're that kind of young team with the, the, the potential to spark. So I might want to invest somewhat. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if Burrow plays well, I mean, obviously that changes a lot of perspectives and yeah, well, that's why I just I feel like uh, so it kind of comes down to him. I think you'll I think you'll get a central theme from me on this one is that around this team is that you might be able to scoop up some value because you, you're just going to be able to pay a lot less for these guys and then hope on them hitting this. These are the nice type of guys that you can kind of project into like some good back half of the season roles if they start yeah. connecting are gelling we could see some guys who have there's a guys on this team who actually do have a lot of talent we've seen joe mixon he's a talented running back like if you if you look at what he does on the field he he hits the hole like he goes after it so yeah i mean he had some some injuries but that's about it yeah yeah i mean he's been dinged up he's been dinged up for sure um but he's also he's also a bell cow he's also a bell cow who likes to run the football you can tell he runs with some some intensity so i like to see that yeah, Rich, uh, for sure. I agree. I mean, Joe Mixon, he, he does have a little bit of fire in him. And uh, I, I like the way he runs the ball. I like the skill set. Uh, he can also catch out of the backfield, make a couple plays, a few nice cuts. Uh, good, yeah. good, A good back, like I said, kind of stuck on a bad team. So you're not sure uh, he might be great if he was on a quality team. But No, he's a solid back for sure. But like I said, 25 30 bucks if you can give him for that good value, that's great because yeah. he could be a – top back i mean just think about it though there's some leagues out there that'll be totally dogging this team and you yeah. might be able to scoop them up 18 18 bucks and be like oh for sure you'd be like so yeah at 18 scoop them up all day absolutely if it gets to a point where someone's got you know most of their bankroll left and they have bought a running back and joe mixon comes up and they're like well at least he's a bell cow 40 yeah then he's then he's not worth that value that's, so, that's so that i would stay away from Get the other guy to click 40. <laughs> That's yeah, what you want. And then, yeah. yeah. Go get Chris Carson. How about 41? So, moving on to receivers, uh, AJ Green, Rich, I think you brought him up a minute ago. Hey, uh, it's kind of an interesting uh, journey he had last I think I said year. he was old. Yeah. He, he was injured. <laughs> uh, he was supposed to come back at one point. He was in practice. He Then he left practice because. He didn't want to be there, and the Bengals suck. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Uh, he was languishing on. My, I think that was definitely. Yeah, he was languishing on my injured reserve slot for a few weeks. I don't know. <laughs> he was supposed to come back, but uh, he. I think he made a business decision at that point, right? It was. Uh, I'll wait till next year and heal up <laughs> fully before yeah. I go. Bengals didn't win enough games for him to come back. That's what it was. It's kind of seemed like it boiled down to that, but he. You know, when he's healthy, he's a good player. Uh, getting up there in years, a lot of injury, nagging injuries for him, man. 
he's had a hard time staying fully healthy. Uh, but when he, the times he has been healthy, he's been really good as a receiver, uh, catching a lot of touchdowns out there. Him, uh, he might be getting too old for both you guys. I don't know if you want to expound on him. And then I also got Tyler Boyd, uh, a receiver as well. Rich, if you want to talk about either of those guys, bro. Yeah, I mean, A.J. Green, I think you hit it up. He's he's kind of get that injury, so, like, he'd be a risk. I, I can't imagine putting him on my team this year. Someone's going to – someone will draft him. He'll he'll be drafted, and, and I mean, someone may even be investing just like a little bit of fundage in him. So he's a name I'll put up at some point, probably. Here you go. Everybody tee off on him. Um, well, he, he carries that name, you know. Like, people want that receiver. Like, when they talk about their fantasy football team, they want to be like, oh, I got A.J. Green. I got Julio Jones, you yeah. know. So, like, he, he's got That's that true. name. So He does have that, yeah. yeah. So people will pay for that, which is stupid. So stay away from it. You know, it's funny. I do like all these, like, one of these secondary receivers is going to pop this year, too, though. Like, I have, to, I have this yeah. feeling that one of these guys, I, you, you mentioned Tyler Boyd. They have John Ross still around there. I understand he's under. Yeah, Ross is good, too. Auden Tate, who really performed well last year. Like, that guy was on fire last year for about three, four games. Uh, and then they draft T. Higgins. T. Higgins is a wide receiver out of, like, Clemson, I think. Um, and he was really good, man. So, a lot of different options there, but there might be someone who pops there. So that's somebody to look at like midseason is, is that receiving core. Just look into it. I, I wouldn't suggest drafting any of those dudes, but I definitely think it's something to look at. I would always be, I, you know, even if I don't have interest during draft time, my interest shifts to the, during the season. Even on the shittiest of teams, <laughs> I'm still looking like, okay, well, what's going to happen? Like, this is an NFL team, so some secondary receiver might be viable. I got to watch out for that. Yeah, man. Uh, Tyler Boyd and John Ross, they've both shown some uh, flashes, too, in their career. So yeah. they've had a few weeks yeah. to get you excited, and you're like, oh, this might turn into something. Uh, hasn't quite worked out you know, where they're reliable just yet, but. You look at the tight end position, uh, Brad. They got a uh, CG, uh, sorry, CJ Uzoma in there, CG. and CG, CG GB. Uh, no, they got CJ Uzoma in there, and uh, I, I don't know what the front office was thinking, uh, letting a guy like Tyler Eifert go. Uh, I know, man, he's a beast. <laughs> This man's love for Tyler Eifert shines again. Yeah. That was a poor decision by the front office, I must say. But uh, CJ Uzoma, Brad, is he a guy? I don't know. Is he a guy? That's my question. Is he a guy? No. I mean, what? He's not a guy? <laughs> no. No, he's not. He's a, he's an alien. No, but for real. A dollar. I'm... Not even. Not even. Nothing to see here. I know. I just he's gonna have to go one big game. Someone might pick him up. Two big games. People then will be interested. Honestly, if I was if I was Cincy, I'd be looking to sign some fucking tight end who's on the free agent wire right now to come in and compete for that job. So like, no way. Like, he's not even serviceable. He's almost serviceable as a tight end. But like, Dude, if I was at GM, I'd be like, I would go after Najoku or OJ Howard if I was trying to get a tight end. It's in division, so yeah, go 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 try to get OJ Howard. But I, I don't think they're looking to deal in Tampa Bay. They're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, yeah, they want to keep it with they, Tom Brady likes his tight end, so they want to keep it. I think so. I think since he, if I remember, they drafted somebody. But so what? <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> tell me, you tell me you're going to be fantasy relevant. I'll 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 be like shocked. I, I'd be absolutely shocked if any Cincy tight end finishes top twenty this season overall. I'll be fucking shocked, man. 
No yeah. way. <laughs> you heard that, ladies and gentlemen. Stay away from the Cincy tight ends. It's Her not, rich. There it is. Her rich. Don't do it. Don't, don't even go near it. Uh, stay away from it. All right. Uh, yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals defense, guys. It's uh, well, they got Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins. It seems like they were a pretty good tandem, but quite a while back. I don't know. Uh, it hasn't been so good down there since he lately uh, on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, probably not a defense. Yeah. Anyone would no one. No it. one cares about that. You know, actually, interesting thing, real quick. Well, I do write out just like a couple quick notes before we pop on. So, like, what I actually wrote here is since ED, and I said um, nah. I wrote nah right next to it, like nah. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad for, <laughs> glad you elaborated on that thought, and uh, it makes sense to me. Right? So, no, yeah, uh, that's good. I think so. So we are wrapped up with the Bengals. I mean, I, I'll say this much about the Bengals. I like their uh, helmets with the tiger stripes. Those are pretty fucking cool. So anyways, they got that going. You're a big Joe Exotic guy. <laughs> the Tiger King, man. He, oh, that fucking guy. You know what? The White Claws are all making sense now. No, it was uh, Red Bull Vodka tonight. But uh, uh, Joe Exotic, I don't like Joe Exotic. But I do like his music, bro. And, uh, you know, it's just so bad that it's good. But I think we can all agree that uh, nobody out there likes that bitch Carol Baskins. Uh, so yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know this has actually uh, morphed to the organic Tiger King rewatch. So, boom, oh, you're in alternate Holy reality. Shit. No, just kidding. Anyways, all right, guys. <laughs> We're hopping on the uh, Pennsylvania Turnpike. And we are headed to the Steel City, guys. And uh, this is a team, man. The Pittsburgh Steelers, they have a mascot. His name's Steely McBeam. I mean, that's pretty much the best name for a mascot in history. I don't know. Is that for real? Yeah. The the little dude with the steel, like his little mascot. I honestly did not know that. That's funny. His name is Steely McBeam. Someone was obviously uh, partaking in the meds when they came up with that. (laughs) I don't know. I just love it. It's a cool name for a mascot. But anyways, man, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, a proud franchise, a stellar franchise. Um, They've, what, won six Super Bowls, I believe. So millions and billions of Steeler fans out there. But a lot to like about this team fantasy-wise in 2020, guys. Ben Roethlisberger, he's... Coming off the injury, threw out his elbow. It was kind of a strange injury. It was almost non-contact, but he did uh, tear a ligament in his elbow, put him out for the year. That was uh, week one or two that happened. So uh, that was a rough break for Roethlisberger, but uh, always a solid quarterback, Rich. When you're talking about Big Ben, man, are you think it's getting a little late in the day for his career, or still got a few good years in him, man? I don't know. You, you come to me for Big Ben? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe Mark doesn't understand how I feel about the Pittsburgh Steelers, but uh, I mean, here's the deal. I, I have a little disregard for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I happened to put it aside last year. I draft big Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, and I also draft Juju Smith-Schuster. I say, listen, I'm going to put things aside last year. Say, hey, I have, I have this hatred, but I'm going to set it aside. I'm going to play the fantasy manager. I'm gonna, I think these are the plays this year. Let's do it. Get those guys. I think everybody knows the story, but, you know, Big Ben goes down with the elbow injury uh, last year, and then Juju Smith-Schuster's value tanks right along with that. That teaches me the lesson of messing around with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm done with them. Uh, I believe your question, though, I will, I will answer the question. I do. I can set aside 
unbiased and look at it, and I, I have to go back to I will not be putting Pittsburgh Steelers on my roster, but I can tell you fantasy football analysis on it. And Big Ben, I, I think if he comes back healthy, he's a good play. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I think he's at least a top 12 play, which in our league we have 12 teams, so that makes him a starting quarterback. Um, I think he's he's definitely a starter. Yeah, I think he's going to go for a couple bucks. So, I mean, if that's what you're trying to rock, like a really cheap quarterback, he doesn't like to go down. He always seems to get rid of the ball before he gets tackled. So, he's a solid play for really cheap if you're just trying to spend your money elsewhere and get a cheap quarterback. So, I mean, as long as he doesn't get hurt, I do think it's a solid play. Mike Tomlin's a really good coach. Uh, he's done a pretty good job managing uh, the egos, I would say, in uh, Pittsburgh. And there have been some pretty big egos to run in and out of Pittsburgh uh, lately when you think about uh, Antonio Brown and guys like that and Le'Veon Bell, uh, actually. He's got uh, that stare. Like, you just don't want to fuck with yeah, him. Yeah, like, no, he does, shit, He's going to kill you. Mike Tomlin, he's – yeah, I like him as a coach for sure, man. Yeah, they go off sides. I'm like, someone's going to die. Someone's <laughs> going to die. Yeah. Remember that play when uh, he kind of stepped in front of uh, somebody on the Ravens? Like, he was on the sideline, and the dude was running a they kickback. He stepped out. He like, kind of, like, backed out. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. And it, it's like the replay. You could tell he meant to do it. But, of course, he was like, oh, what are you guys talking about? I, I kind of lost track of where I was on the sideline or whatever he said. But, yeah. Yeah. I think it was a uh, it's a Ravens uh, punt returner. I uh, forget the guy's name. Jacoby Jones, maybe running down the sideline when that happened. But uh, anyways, good coach, man. Oh, real quick, uh, I was gonna say I I was looking it up last year. Last year I paid two bucks for Ben Roethlisberger when I put him on my team, and I I also drafted Kyler Murray. So like, if you were interested in doing something like that, that would make sense to me. So you want to go out and get Big Ben for super cheap, like I did and invest just like a little bit of money like i i kind of knew what i was getting into with kyler murray last year drafting him at seven bucks that's that was about the tippy top of where i wanted to spend on a quarterback but i got that and i was very happy with it but you know you try to find that type of guy um maybe you can find like a josh allen type guy and get him for about that figure and get that production i like that figure yeah. i like josh yeah. allen we're, we're off track a little bit, but I'm just saying, like, that's kind of a little bit of strategy, a little bit of in-game strategy. There's uh, how to set up quarterback if you're going to if you're gonna be rostering Big Ben. Brad, you uh, said you uh, like Josh Allen's figure. Is that what you said? <laughs> uh, anyways. <laughs> oh, he didn't, he didn't like that. All right, James Conner. <laughs> oh, that's he, 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 he just like, gave uh, me the Mike Tomlin stare, man. Head. He gave me the Mike Tomlin Yeah, stare. he did. He, mom, the eyes just, like, bugged out. Just uh, like, what's up, man? <laughs> We're going to the running back, man. We're going to move it along. We'll just sit here fucking around all day if we don't. So, uh, Yeah, let's uh, go. James Conner, bro. Let me know about James Conner, buddy. He's a, he's a good running back. So a little bit of injury troubles. but Yeah, I think he had that injury last year. But, I mean, he's a young back. I don't know necessarily that means it's going to happen every year. I think there's a good line there, good defense. They're going to put in favorable positions, good coaching like we talked about. If you can't get your top back and you kind of got to get James Conner as, you know, your top, I think it'll be like 9 to 12 this year. So, I mean, I don't think he's a bad pick, but he's not my favorite pick, but definitely a consolation prize. Well, I think what I've heard a lot about Mike Tomlin is that he likes to have a workhorse back. So that's that's one thing is he, he if he's got a nice, healthy back, you're I think he's looking at that 20-touch guy. And so – that makes him pretty much viable every time. They've got a great offensive line, so I, I like the look of a James Conner. 
Uh, not on my team. I will yeah. again state, not on my team. <laughs> yeah. And when he was healthy, he handled the workload. So he can right. handle it as long as he's healthy. So, uh, yeah, man. Uh, what do you think his draft value? Mark's getting a kick out of Mark's getting a kick out of how I don't like these fucking Steelers. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I just, Rich, I didn't know it was that intense. I knew you didn't like him, but I didn't know. It, it sounds pretty intense. The, uh, well, hey, I, I told you the story already, but, you know, I put him on my roster last year and look what happened to me. And, I, I, hey, I don't want the bad mojo going the other way either. Yeah. You know, yeah, I oh, don't yeah. wish him bad. At, like, I mean, there was an injury. He had an elbow injury. I was kind of pissed about that, too, though. Like, Steelers kind of, like, knew going into that game his elbow was in trouble. And when he goes yeah. out there in that game, he throws the ball, and it's like all of a sudden he's grabbing his elbow. I'm like, oh, my Yeah, God. that was, he's, that he's was weird how that happened. Man. I knew immediately. As soon as he grabbed it, I was like, oh, geez, man. He, he yeah, you could right tell, there. dude. Yeah. You're right. You could tell Ooh. right away on that one. Uh, yeah, no, I, did, I wasn't actually sure, Rich, if, like, the – the animosity towards the Steelers for you. Do you trace it like back to the Cardinals Steelers Super Bowl? I mean, it was awesome. That's hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, it was an awesome fucking game, man. The Cardinals were so close and that was a rough one, but I I just wasn't sure if that's what you trace it back to, if that's when it started. And just over the years, you've kept hating the Steelers more and more. I'm like that with the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if I can have, have another minute i mean i've been blither blathering all the fucking night but let let it ride man just let it ride i say you know i it definitely comes down to the super bowl and i've always said that uh, i feel like james harrison was down before the half i feel like he came down before the goal line as he comes in i think i feel like his knee is down his his elbow comes in and the pin of the top of the ball has not yet crossed the line so i feel like that's like a a a tough situation for me to like always whenever i see that stuff i'm always like oh what about this play because that that interception for a touchdown right before half that's why they lost that's why they actually lose like all that other shit like shouldn't have happened they would have like flipped that game so big at that moment just a tough thing man yeah, especially how huge uh, Fitz came up in the second half of that Super Bowl, man. Uh, Fitz was just on fire. Fitz is the guy who ran down that play before half and, like, should have actually, like, gotten a tackle on that play. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was in his stat line as a tackle? Oh, oh dude, honestly, he had – oh, that was his best year. <laughs> Fitz was on fire that whole year. He's a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a beast. 100%, dude. I love oh, Larry Fitzgerald. But uh, we'll yeah. get to that uh, eventually. But uh, just real quick on that uh, that James Harrison play, though, Rich, uh, the Kurt Warner interception. Yeah. I'm with you, dude. I yeah. I must have watched that slow mo replay twenty freaking times, man. Every angle I could yeah, get, I was like, I feel like he's he did down. not get in, dude. I was the same way, man. So that was a that he was didn't a tough get break. in. He came down and he fucking ran it down. Yeah. <laughs> it was tough, man. I know. All right. Well, now the listeners know, man. Rich is not fond of the Steelers. It is what it is. I am not fond of the Packers, and it's tough. Yeah, you you don't want it to cloud your fantasy judgment sometimes, but. It does, man. We're all humans. Right, right. You try to avoid it, but it's tough. Yeah. I told myself that last year. I said, listen, like, you know, fantasy is something different. Let's, like, like wipe the bias out of it. I thought that would be a great stack last year. I was going to spend two – I spent two bucks on Big Ben, and I overpaid a little bit on Juju. I paid, like, 40 bucks. But I felt like, man, that's going to be a great stack all year. I, I really felt like that was going to be, like, really good. And I lucked out that Kyler Murray was what I thought he was, too. I'm like, okay, good. That that pan, that panned out. So I was good to go when Big Bed went down. But I lost all that juju. You lost the juju. 
I lost my juju market share. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I know you paid probably a little bit more than you wanted to for Juju Smith Schuster. I did, but I, I had targeted him. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and it's tough, man, because what happened with him was a direct result of Roethlisberger getting injured. So, and I think Juju did get banged up there a yeah. couple of weeks too. He had a, a nagging injury also. So he did. Uh, great. Uh, I just I love the kid Swagger. He's one of these guys. He's not big, really. He's not all that fast uh you know the route running is on point and he just gets open man uh when he's healthy so i know it didn't work out for you last year rich but going for next year with juju man uh are you going to be able to put the the uh bad taste out of your mouth man is he somebody you think could uh, you know bounce back i was actually going to say that um if I was going to put it aside, Juju might be the one guy. Uh, because I, I do like that kid a lot. I think he's great. That was why I wanted to draft him last year, too. And I think you got to have really super competent quarterback play, though. But, um, man, what was clicking in my head just before you were talking about him was, like, he kind of um, – what kind of receiver does he remind me of? Um, like a Marvin Harrison type. Like, he's just an all-around great wide receiver. Yeah, man. that's a good one, man. So, like, if he just has that really good quarterback play, he can be a good pop and play. So, I mean, that's that's one guy I might even consider just if his value is really low because everybody seeing what happened to him last year is just, like, super down on him in our league. I'd be like, okay, well, maybe I'll scoop it up. Then, then that could be interested because I think he's a super talented receiver. What about you, Brad? I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, he is immortalized in our intro song. I mean, the kid – yeah, a lot to like about him, Juju. man. He's, he's a happy-go-lucky guy out there. He's a good player, so I like Juju, man. Uh, he's got an awesome freaking name. So, Brad, tell me about Juju, bro. Is he better than T.Y. Hilton? <laughs> yeah, I would probably pick Juju over T.Y. Hilton, but I don't know if Juju's making it on my team. Oh, so. <laughs> you don't want him this year? <laughs> no, because I would rather have Connor, I think. So, oh, okay. I would kind of – I would kind of – I think Connor is just a more solid play, so I don't like to double those guys up. So, And I think Juju, he's going to go for a couple extra bucks. So people are going to pay, and I'd rather spend a little less on wide receiver and, you know, spend more on my running back. So Okay, so what I was going to say, though, is I think that's an interesting little thing about, like, strategy-wise and, like, research-wise is to just look at each and every team and see kind of like what Brad said there – he's more interested in investing in the running back situation with this team. You should go through each team and kind of look at it like that. Should I be looking at each team? I say to the offense, I say, what's the, what's the best piece? Which one would I most want to put on my team? Kind of build and stack your team from there. Well, yeah, to me, they got Juju Smith-Schuster, but who else do they have? So when you have, you know, cornerbacks can really sh- – They got some guys. Well, yeah, I mean, they got some guys, but, I mean, they're not like – they're just like okay guys. They're not nothing like great. So, I mean, they drafted the rookie. The rookie could be good. I'm going to tell you, this undervalued guy, I, I think Deontay Johnson could be a pretty good wide receiver. Uh, I, we were getting there, but you now you've kind of led me there naturally, uh, maybe organically. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I think he's a good receiver, man. He showed me a lot last year when they were, like, kind of filling in and trying to figure out what was going on with Juju out this week, that week. Him and James Washington were pretty decent, man. I was still watching the situation because I was interested in it. Because, like, 
when I make kind of like a projection like that, that doesn't pan out and, and I'm like, well, I just still keep interested because I wanted to see, all right, well, what's the number one type receiver doing in, in Pittsburgh still right now, even with shitty quarterback play. And, and even with that shitty quarterback play, the healthy wide receivers, you know, James Washington and Deontay Johnson, they had good numbers at the end of last year. If you go take a look at it, it's there. They didn't have great numbers. I think it was like 680 and 720 yards respectively well, don't uh, well d- don't forget i mean yeah they were working with mason rudolph Did you just pull that like yeah. out of your ass or what dude <laughs> no no I, I saw it earlier today oh he's but, doing uh, research yeah and i mean collectively <laughs> they had eight touchdowns between those two guys oh, all right. so in 16 games they had eight touchdowns so i mean i mean like you said it was mason rudolph throwing him the ball so i yeah. will give you that and but, duck, I mean, duck hodges give us a quack brad the dude's name is duck hodges quack yeah. So I just think, you know, you get some really good secondaries, they can kind of shut down Juju. So so that's why that's why I, I lean towards Connor. That's my only that's my only thing. So I, I mean if you get him cheap, that's fine, but I just don't see him going for cheap because he's the we made we made him a name, you know? Yeah, I mean, dude, they got <laughs> I'm done talking about these guys except for I will talk about the defense. All right. Well yeah, I, I like they got defense. Eric Ebron apparently at tight end. Uh he's no longer on the yeah. he's on the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, Vance McDonald behind him. Uh, yeah, I mean, dollar, $2 bin. Uh, Ebron put up dollar some guys. good numbers in you Indianapolis. Thank you, plays. Might be a nice little sleeper. You never know. All right, dude. Yeah, if, well, the, if, if, the, if the two receivers are shitty, like Brad says, if, if Deontay Johnson and James Washington suck, if they're trash. Then uh, maybe Eric Ebron's playing well. Yeah, <laughs> that might make sense. So check it out. Watch, it, watch the situation. And then let's talk about that motherfucking defense because right. I like that defense. Let's go. All right, man. We're going to flip it. By the way, Brad, uh, you mentioned to me a little earlier that you ate quite a bit of a candy today. So how are you feeling over there, man? I just want to check in. No, I took all these edibles. I'm pretty good. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh. Right. Were they sativas? Were they were they sativas? Uh, blue Raz. I'm not sure what that means. Oh, they, they say on the bag still. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, well, I just ate them and they were yummy. And that's what Brad says. Yeah, I think Blue Raz <laughs> was probably the flavor. I don't know. But yeah, all right. Uh, so the Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, I might suggest that flavor. <laughs> so the Pittsburgh defense, man. Uh, okay. Pittsburgh yes. Steelers defense, guys. Uh, TJ Watt in the middle of that D. Big plays last year. A lot of disrupting plays from TJ Watt uh, coming off the edge with some big sacks and the rest of the team around him is pretty nice. You know, Devin Bush and Bud Dupree, a linebacker is uh, pretty solid, you know, and also and they made that big trade last year. They really yeah. improved their team. Yeah. Mika Fitzpatrick, uh, Brad, you're right, man. They brought him over from Miami kind of just, I don't know, stole him in the middle of the night. It kind of seemed like, but, and then once he got to Pittsburgh, he was making plays. So yeah. Well, what what do you think about uh? Yeah, that was a great pickup. What are you thinking about the Steelers D, Brad? Uh, maybe a D you might lay five six bucks on in the draft. Uh, yeah, that would probably be the max. But uh, I'd try to get him for like three to five. Definitely, definitely interested in the Steelers defense. I think they're gonna be solid. I love they got playmakers. They play Cincinnati twice, so I just I really like what they do. It's funny. Um, if I was gonna get a defense outside of my team, I would I would definitely do it. Top five defense, hands down. No one could really argue with that. I mean, maybe top three. Yeah, they're they're a pretty dope defense. I like Devin Bush a lot. I like I like Devin Bush a lot. They're top tier. They're, I I would pay the five or six bucks if it wasn't my team, and definitely be happy about it. They're they're hard nosed defense. They've got playmakers everywhere. Love Bud Dupree, like you said, Devin Bush. Devin Bush is like. 
he's a top end linebacker. He's waiting to pop, man. He's gonna be sick. So look out for this defense. Yeah, I think you'll definitely be happy if you go out and get him. So, but that's two teams, Brad. So where are we at? Look around, man. Where have where we, we arrived? We're done, we're done with two teams. Well, since so it's been two, two teams, more. guys. Oh. <laughs> Imagine that. What's that sound? Oh, that's right. It is time to kick back, relax. I mean, uh, take a chill pill. Uh, you know, although this, there's nothing chill about the AFC North, man. It's like I said, a lot of bad blood in this division. And we're, we're going to get into cold. Uh, yeah, it is cold blooded, man. Uh, and we'll get into that after the little herbal intermission here, fellas. And, Time to kick back and, uh, you know, kind of collect our thoughts, guys. All right, Brad. Well, it's about that time, man, and we're going to kick it back. We're going to hang out, chill, and we'll send it over to you, buddy. Uh, Time for the herbal intermission. So what is puffing today? You know, Mark, I actually have the same old good venom extracts that we've smoked on before, but I would actually like to give a nice shout-out to Harvest. Uh, the nice dispensary I have down here in Chandler. They had a wonderful deal. They do five grams for 80. And then not only that, I found out that they have a bonus program he got. So I got a free $35 off my order today. Wonderful, wonderful deal. Great product at a really good price and uh, super friendly there. So thanks guys down there at Harvest. I'll be back. That's awesome. Uh, And then a big shout out to that... uh, Direct TV guy that stopped me at Walmart, got a free gift card. Now I got the Sunday ticket. Big shout out to you guy. Thanks for uh, hooking me up. Huge, huge. Yeah. Yeah. Sunday ticket's a game changer, man. Highly recommend it. Dude, all this shit's like advertising for fucking places. (laughs) Brad, it's just going. You're all full on fucking giving an ad for Harvest and Direct TV right now, dude. We're streaming. I know. I'm just saying. I'm like, dude, you are fucking putting it out there. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> here's dude. I ads. hope they hear it. And like, dude, you're the guy. It was like, fuck yeah, man. Give us some shit. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. And we're off. This smells to venom extra. So I'll just take a nice little dab here and uh, get back to some fantasy football. You know, he's the Hunter S. Thompson of fantasy analysis. He might even be the Dr. Gonzo and Hunter S. Thompson all rolled into one, man. That's why we love him. So, Bradley... Uh, I'm everything you wish you could be. Yeah, it's a, well, you said it right there, man. I couldn't have put it better myself. Uh, Brad, you know, I guess we'll wrap up the old herbal intermission, and thanks for uh, letting us know and shouting out Harvest. Uh, you know, sounds like they uh, deliver on the goods. They got a pretty good product, and it up in a tight little bow all right guys well now we get to talk about two really fun teams and uh this is gonna be good man so you guys ready we are hitting let's the go. Ohio let's go. i'm in i'm a turnpike and we are going north what, what kind of bus do you drive oh dude it's a volkswagen bus? bus what do you yeah. think it's the stoner mobile bro come on oh <laughs> everybody's smiling there. there's no seat belts or nothing man it's crazy yeah taking the bus we're going to cleveland sea town man the mistake by the lake i think oh they, yeah i think they lit lake erie on fire one year it was so polluted i don't know 
Uh, there's a whole lot of backstory to Cleveland, but Cleveland Rocks, mm-hmm. man, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is there, and the Cleveland Browns are there. And talk about a team that went into the 2019 season with a little bit of hype. I guess you could say that um, people liked what they saw from, you know, the likes of Baker Mayfield in his rookie year, and his sophomore season didn't quite turn out as well. And there were a lot of issues in Cleveland, Brad, and we talk about the Browns, man. And you just look at the roster, and it is extremely talented up and down the roster, uh, especially on the offensive side. Did not work out last year, Brad. And I think you had some thoughts of maybe it was the coaching uh, situation that set the Browns off the wrong path to begin with, man. What are your thoughts about that coaching situation, bro, <laughs> in uh, Cleveland last year, man? It was a bit of a clusterfuck, I must say. What do you think, buddy? Yeah, it definitely was not good. So... They got some players out there, man. So, I don't know. They, they they could be an okay team. I don't think they're going to be great, but, you know, they got some value. They definitely have some value. Well, I, Brad, I remember last year uh, you were uh, telling me, you know, the situation with Freddie Kitchens and Steve Wilkes in Cleveland. Yeah, I was year. protesting it, yeah. Yeah, I, I know you weren't a fan of just – you You also saw the talent on the Browns, but uh, with your uh, – eagle eye and your fantasy analysis you know you came to me early in the season right after i drafted nick chubb in fact and you told me hey man told you I, no you just told me dude this coaching situation is going to be rough and i think it might bode you know uh not so well for the browns and it turned out you were correct man so uh, i just wanted to shout you out on that because uh yeah man the freddie kitchens definitely did not get the job done and baker mayfield regressed heavily i would say and they didn't I mean, uh, just look up and down this roster. Odell Beckham did had his worst year as a pro. Um, he did not fit in well. So. Well, he will be utilized more this year. I will tell you that. The new coaching staff, I think, is better. I think he's surrounded by a better supporting cast. So, overall, I think there will be a lot of decisions. And there's a lot of talent on this team. They have two good running backs. They have good wide receivers, you know. So, they're if, if – yeah, they're loaded. If Baker plays well, though, Baker has a total chance to just fucking shit the tank and just, you know, be awful. You know, he's just like, I just need to make more commercials, you know, and just shits the bed. So, so I mean, I don't know. So, if he plays well, I, I think this team could do well. I think the defense is okay. So, I actually think they could finish second in the division over Pittsburgh if they play well. All right, Brad. So, uh, with the running back situation there in Cleveland, man, uh, it's a, wow, uh, it turned into a 50-50 split. Uh, you got two just really, you know, high-end backs, I would say, uh, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Um, it's just hard to make sense of, for me at least, you know, what's the better play? I lean towards Chubb, but it, it might be, you know, 60-40 split. It might even be 50-50 throughout the course of the year. So uh, is there any advice you have for the people on where to turn in that uh, quagmire, bro? Go get them both. No, I'm just kidding. No, I think it's going to be definitely a 50-50 split. I think depends on who gets hot in which game is going to probably see an extra five carries over the other guy. So it's it's tough to roster because you kind of want their, both of their production in one back, but you're not going to get that. So will they have value as their own as a flex two guy for sure, but flex one maybe if they really do well. But it's hard for me to invest too much into that because they are big names and I do think people are going to pay for them. So Mark, did you draft Chubb last year? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. I had Chubb, man. Like 40 something. Do you know how much you, 
I think it was 40 something. 40, so I want to say 44, but don't quote me on that. I'm guessing 44. Well, let's call it 45. What do you what do you think he's going to be this year then? I would think less. I mean, because yeah, thirty-five. I mean, Kareem Hunt's just oh. right there. I mean, it's his. It's a shadow situation, man. I mean, they're just yeah. both going to eat into each other's production. The uh, you know you mentioned Kevin Stefanski, uh, Rich, their new coach, and uh, you, maybe you had some more thoughts on him because uh, do you think that his system may you know lean towards one back or the other, man? No, uh, I think. I think his system would lead towards utilizing the running back heavily. Um, so we might come up into a theme here. Um, there might be a couple teams where the focus on the running game kind of leads me into I'm interested regardless. So um, when we talk about um, this team, we've got Chubb and Hunt. I wouldn't mind putting on either of those guys on my team to be honest with you. So we might find a, a few of these teams coming up here where there's a couple different backs where I could say, okay, invest. Um, it's pretty rare, but I do think there are teams that will invest in the run game enough that it's worth it. So Chubb and Hunt, if there's 30 running back touches in a game and I'm getting 16, 17 really, really high-end touches out of Chubb, I think I'm going to get some real good production out of him. I would say, you know, you're, you've been a Chubb owner previously, Mark. So I would think you is, you've seen his talent, correct? Like you, you didn't think he's a talented back, correct? Oh, Mark absolutely. Chubb. No, Chubb, Chubb is a beast, dude. He's a freaking force out there, man. Um, and he is also okay. being a stocky guy, you know, he's able to break off big runs from time to time too. So but what did you see happen when Kareem Hemp came? To that, the that's team? my whole thing, man. Uh, you know, it's it's rough with the split, man, yeah. That's true. Different coaching staff, I will give you that. Let me tell you this. Okay, so, like, let me just say, if Stefanski is what I think he is and, he, and he's going to go out there and be guaranteeing about third and, and saying I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chunk out 30 touches right out to my running backs and it's going to go 17 straight to Chubb and, that's, and some games are going to be 20. Um, you're not going to want that? I'm, I'm going to want that. I'm going to scoop that up all day. No, uh – Dude, I yeah, I would take Chubb uh, next year for sure. But it is it's just a concern, man, with uh, Kareem Hunt there because you want the bell cow. Like Brad said, I thought that was a good point, man. I'll take Kareem Hunt too at a different value. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I would take Kareem Hunt. At, you think this is gonna be like an uh, Ingram and Kamara type situation back in New Orleans? Yes. Both are got value. Yes. That's nice. Yes, I do. That's what I'm saying. There are the rare instances where the run game is so focused in the offense that it makes sense that either of those guys at a certain value could be very playable. Like to me, Kareem Hunt could be in my flex two consideration all year because he's going to get – if that 30 is there, he's going to get that 12 chunk, and they're going to be super, super valuable touches. Every time he gets the ball, it's going to be electric. It's going to be great. Could you roster both or just one? I wouldn't roster both necessarily. I, so who do you lean towards? Oh, I would definitely want to get Chubb if I could. If if okay. it's going to be over, if it's going to be up to like what Mark paid last year, forty five, then not really. And then I would shift down. I'd say, okay, as soon as I miss out on Chubb, then I would say, okay, well, let me see where let me see where it kind of falls and see where it comes up when it comes to Kareem Hunt. If I could scoop up Kareem Hunt late in the draft for three to seven dollars, I'm going to do that. Because he's a flex two starter for me in a year. 
I'm a pretty solid flex two starter where I could just say, you know what? That's a running back who's going to get me 13 touches. Let's do that. I'll do that. Yeah, I mean, he could be top 15 back. He could be. He could be. He could be about, you know, 17, somewhere in there. And if I could scoop him up for five bucks and just plug him in as a third back behind there and just, like, have good, solid production out of that, I think it's going to be good. So I, that to me is one of those situations where it's bordering on both of those guys are, are valuable that it, it, it's rare, but it kind of happens. Yeah. And I think where they get uh, nominated will also depend on their value if yeah. they get late nominations yeah. and whatnot. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, you gotta be prepared for some kind of situation like that where I, I it's just kind of mapped out there where both of them do have a value and you can, you might be able to sneak up one of them at the right value. Uh, with that offense, though, uh, Rich, you know, that is going to have to be like a uh, tightrope that Kevin Stefanski's walking because if he's going to get his backs, you know, combined 30 touches a game, well, there's a lot of other mouths to feed on that offense, man. You got OBJ, you know, he wants the rock. He wants to prove people wrong about his uh, terrible year last year. Jarvis Landry's a great receiver. Uh, they bring in Austin Hooper. So, I mean, the offense should be good. I agree. But uh, a lot of miles to feed, man, would be the uh, the thought I have also. I mean, Odell would be happy if they just threw the ball to him six times a game because <laughs> of how times, bad they used man. it to him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think an overall more efficient offense will have production in it. Okay, so check it out. Like if Brad said, if he's getting six catches a game, though, but they're like premium catches – Bro, they're 25-plus yarders. Big bombs or red zone targets and or the nice little slant routes where he can go out there and get creative and make touchdowns happen. Those are his type of plays. Uh, if they can get him the ball more efficiently overall, then he can still perform. He'll still be happy. They're going to be winning games. I mean, that's the other thing about Cleveland for me. I, I think they're a dark horse to really improve and, and, and like Brad said, be second in the division. So if that's the case, this is a team with a lot of weapons. You might want to invest. I mean, there's offenses that have big players and have big play potentials. Why not invest? Uh, Yeah, and like you said, invest. I would invest in Landry over Odell just because you look at those guys and they're very similar. It seems like they're 1A, 1B at times because of their skill sets. They went to school together. They work well together. And Landry is just going to be at a much more discounted price than OBJ. So I think if, uh, like you said, invest, I would invest in Landry. Yeah, I might invest in Hooper. Or Hooper, yeah. I mean, any one of these guys, I mean. Why did I say that? <laughs> but, I mean, and that's the thing, too. They got a joke, you know. So they just have so many options. So. Well, I know, but I think he's. I think he'll go. I think he's going to get traded. I think Njoku's going to get traded. Even if you draft him, he gets traded. If he goes to a good team, that's that could be a wonderful thing. You guys got any more thoughts on the Browns' offense? Any of their skill players? There's there's just a lot to talk about on this team. A lot of different uh, factors to take into account when you're considering fantasy values, man. There really is. Is Baker Mayfield, you know, going to have a bounce back here? That's going to translate to everybody else have much better stats. Brad, do you think Baker Mayfield's startable? Uh, yeah, I think he's going to have weapons. I mean, with the coaching staff, I like this coaching staff. So I think Baker Mayfield in his head, he can just kind of chalk it up as, you know, this was a bad year and, you know, these are new beginnings. You know, the weapons around him are just going to make him want to play or just going to help him play better. So, you know, I think you could, he could be one of those guys that you get him for, you know, two, three bucks and he could be a top 
top 12 quarterback. So I can invest in him. Like you said, one of those really like Ben Roethlisberger uh, combos, you know, you get him and Landry for like eight, eight bucks or something, you know, that could be a wonderful combo if they really, really do well. So it's, it's a risk for sure, but it could really, really hit. I'm interested depending for the, for the right value, I should say. Uh, what do you think, Mark? Where do you put him? Uh, yeah, man, Baker Mayfield, it's tough. Uh, I like his talent. I liked uh, his rookie year. I really thought he played well. Um, but last year, it just didn't go so well. Uh, Freddie Kitchens. But do you like his commercials? Uh, I don't <laughs> like – uh, there's – no, I don't like his commercials either. <laughs> uh, I relate to the one with the smoke detector chirping. So the Cleveland Browns defense, guys, we will flip the script. We talk about the uh, bad blood and just the uh, – the these teams just genuinely do not like each other. And that showed through last year on the Cleveland defense, you know, in that game they had against Pittsburgh. Uh, we all kind of saw what happened there with Miles Garrett and everything and uh, Mason Rudolph. Not a good look. But uh, when you look at the Cleveland Browns defense, very talented group uh, – individually a lot of nice names um will they be able to pull together and that's the other thing about that you know cleveland was about to win that game against pittsburgh before all that shit happened and it it kind of seemed like it was gonna maybe set the browns on a winning streak for a second because they actually played pretty good in that game prior to that whole uh yeah they don't like winning streaks and then it kind of set them back man uh i don't know did you guys feel that way i mean i was watching the browns quite a bit last year and it seemed like after that incident, they really went in the tank, man. Yeah, I mean, it It was – I think they lost that player for the whole year. That was, like, their best player. So, that, that's the reason I kind of – Miles Garrett, they lost Miles Garrett, and that kind of tanked it to them. So. Last year they were that, – that defense is super talented, super undisciplined. I think that kind of shows. Um, so that was all coaching staff. That was all coaching staff oriented. I'm, I'm not sure who their defensive coordinator is, but I know that pretty much Stefanski's kind of got the word as like a, a hard nosed guy. So I don't think he's putting up any bullshit. I think I think he's going to come in and really like really come with like you know I'm the alpha in the room. Listen to me. Here's how we're doing things, and then really hone in what that talented defense can do. So uh, I, I like the defense as well. So. That's a, that's kind of like a little sneaky play for me. I would get them. Um, they have the chance of, you know, getting blown out when it comes to playing the Ravens maybe. Um, so you might want to have like a little backup plan oriented for one of those weeks. I mean, they, they played them. They, they played the Ravens tough last year though. Yeah. And the games that they played them last year. So um, kind of an under the radar defense to me. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think you can get them for really cheap and, you know, go get two defenses for like a dollar. You know, try and get them for a dollar two. Spend only three bucks on the defenses, and you rotate them. Like when they're playing Baltimore, you know, you don't feel safe or comfortable. Do a nice little spot start for the for, with the other team, and then I think you'll get the production out of them, and you, you don't have to spend the five, six, ten bucks on that top tier defense, and you can save that and you know put that towards your running back, your quarterback, your wide receiver, or whatnot, your kicker, your skin. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. Uh, you know, and Miles Garrett is just one of those guys that has a reputation of uh, playing to the whistle, playing through the whistle. And last year, he just kept uh, going after the whistle. And uh, anyways, man, uh, yeah, I kind of like their, them as a defensive unit, though, uh, in fantasy, Rich. 
Yeah, it might be hard to trust them uh, week in, week out, but definitely a defense you could play the matchups on. I agree with that for sure, man. Uh, all right, guys. Well, we are rocking. We are rolling. And, uh, man, we saved uh, what I believe is the best team in this division for last. We are heading out to Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, we're going to munch on some crab cakes, hang out in Baltimore, and we're going to talk about the uh, Baltimore Ravens, man. What in a, an exceptional year that this team had, a regular season, I should say, that this team had. Uh, just their offense destroyed it last year. They were in a uh, number one position in several key categories. And uh, I just loved what I saw. John Harbaugh, really nice coach, I believe. Uh, he's been there a while, and they always have a good, competitive, sometimes a great team there in Baltimore. And that's they had the makings of that last year. It fell apart a little bit in their uh, home playoff game against the Titans. Uh, I'm sure they would all say they didn't play up to their potential in that game um, that they earned off the uh, first round by. So Tennessee came in there, kind of handled them, and, uh, you know, Baltimore has probably got a sour taste in their mouth. And a team like this with a bad taste in their mouth, man, they're going to be fired up this year. Uh, uh, looking at the quarterback position, Brad, Lamar Jackson came out of the booth last year. Uh, I certainly didn't see that coming. Um, but he, he really proved that he is a dynamic playmaking quarterback, uh, just an exceptional talent, man. Uh, there aren't too many quarterbacks that can do what he did last year. So send it over to you, Brad. You look at Lamar Jackson. Obviously, his draft value is going to be pretty high this year. Uh, where would you put it at? What do you think he goes for in our league, man? Uh, he's going to be expensive. I mean, not many people can run like he can, throw like he can, and just do everything. I mean, he's he's accurate, too, so. I mean, to me, I rank him as the number two quarterback in the league. Generally speaking, in our league, I know that goes high. I mean, he, I would probably put him at like 40, 45 bucks someone's going to pay. I would not pay that, but I do feel like someone will pay that. Him, Mahomes, Kyler Murray, those, and maybe Deshaun Watson, those are the four guys that really, you know, stand apart from everyone else. So, and I put him number two in there. So he's going to go for a good amount. Yeah, man, it's tough with the quarterback. Uh, because he, I mean, we looked up what he averaged. He averaged about like 28 points a game last year and quarterbacks who use their legs are, are super valuable. That's, that's the best of fantasy football quarterbacks can be is when they use their legs like that. So, you know, for longevity sake and NFL sake, you know, that's another thing. But when it comes to fantasy football, we're looking at the guy who he's out there giving you running back figures with with his quarterbacking on top of it so you know 28 points a game is something valuable so but it, it it's a tough thing to really evaluate in regards to the quarterback position in itself um this guy is super valuable but you know it's to an extent it, it, it's tough to evaluate these are one of the tougher situations is this type of quarterback yeah, it, he, yeah, but like you've always said, Rich, if you if Lamar Jackson's going to go for $45 and he gets you 28 points a game, but you can go get another quarterback for, you know, $15 and he gets you 22 points a game, the difference is only six points. What can you do with that $30? Can you go out and get a back that makes up that six points? And I think that's true. So, so that's why it's hard to spend in our league, especially because they go for so high. It's hard to spend top dollar on a quarterback. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's not just our yeah. league. Leagues across America, you got to believe that Lamar Jackson, he'll be heavily overpaid for in a lot of leagues just based on that just eye-popping, you know, blow-up season he had. I mean, he absolutely tore it up. I mean, like you said, Rich, he had rushing touchdown games where he had two or three of those. Then he had passing touchdown games, uh, you know, five or six, I think. I mean, the guy was just uh, out of control last year. So really good quarterback prospect. Uh, but, yeah, I agree. It's, it's tough to place a value uh, you just know he's he's going to go for a lot, man. So it's really only going to be worth it probably if he is the number one quarterback again in fantasy in 2020. I mean, he and he might. So, but I I would just invest my money elsewhere. That's all. Honestly, I I could see a situation where Lamar Jackson is a little bit caught up with. Now, don't get me wrong. This guy is like otherworldly when it comes to like his running skills. His throwing skills are absolutely improving. From what I've seen, he's gone from A to B to C to get better and better and better. Um, if he continues that progression. He took a huge jump in the accuracy game, bro. And not only that, I mean, he could be a top 10 running back in this league. So Yeah, it's, it's pretty sick. So, like, yeah. the thing is, like, so defenses can – defenses will catch up a little bit, though. I do think yeah. they'll have they'll have some more creative looks – um, they will come with some stuff to like kind of clamp down what he can do in the run game, knowing what they've seen, having another whole full season of just like tape of what they're doing in the run game. I mean, don't get me wrong. Let's go. Like if I'm a coach, I'm going looking, okay, what did Vrabel do with uh, the Titans and what did they do to get ahead? They get ahead in the game. They, they're able to clamp it down and, and he's a little less efficient through the passing game. So, I, I mean, I, I anticipate a little bit of that. So, he, he, I think he comes back to earth a little bit. He could still be the number one quarterback, but maybe not by far and away like he was last year, where he was, like, still getting that separation of, like, five points to even the number two quarterback. Like, whereas this year, he might be the number one quarterback, but maybe only by about, you know, one point instead. That would sound about, about right to me. And I would be surprised if Harbaugh kind of – you know, took some more snaps away from him. Kind of, they drafted that running back in the second round from Ohio yeah. State. J.K. Dobbins, bro. Yeah. Dobbins, yeah. So, I think I think they, they plan to go with that two-headed monster. So, you know, I see them running the ball more, trying to take more pressure off Lamar, let him be more effective with his touches. So, you know, he, he's still going to be a beast, and he's still going to get you numbers. He might not have as many carries, touches, and throws. So – you know, his value might go down, but, he, you know, he's still going to be uber valuable. Yeah, Rich, I, that, I thought that was a really good point, man, that you had about Lamar Jackson because that happens every year in the NFL, man. When you have a, a player that really goes and tears it up, you know, once one defense shuts that player down, you know, def it's a copycat league in that sense, man. They saw what Mike Vrabel and his D coordinator and the Titans did and shut him down in that whole playoff game and controlled him at least, maybe not shut him down, but, you know, were able to control him and able to, you know, dominate that game, uh, you know, that'll spread. And They had Derrick Henry running the ball too. Well, yeah, but that game plan that they utilized against Lamar Jackson, other D coordinators around well, the That's league, part of it. Yeah, we'll pick up on that. And like you said, man, they'll catch up. That's how you put it, man. The defenses will catch up to a guy like that. So, Well, also, Brad, that's part of the game plan is run the ball. Like you got to have a guy. You got to be willing to put. A, you got to have a guy. You got to be willing to put the ball in the running bag's hands and run the ball. That's yeah. part of the game plan. And you know what else is is like you know okay yeah we see what Tennessee did but also everybody in the league is is saying to themselves man here's Baltimore super talented 
it's all focused on what Lamar Jackson's doing. We're all going to like have that whole season of tape to go ahead and look at and say, okay, well, where's a weakness? What can I do here and there? Exactly, man. A year's worth of film on him. And, uh, you know, the, the D coordinators will be drawing up some stuff to try to stop him. man. Yeah. And Harbaugh's a great coach, man. So he always seems to find a way to, you know, they're not like flashy. They never like just blow the division out, but they always seem to find a way of being at the number one or two spot. So, you know, never count them out, especially with the talent this year of Lamar Jackson. Yeah. I mean, I think hands down they're number one team this year. Yeah, and uh, definitely, man, John Harbaugh, he's he's the cerebral type of coach, man. He's anticipating D coordinators, you know, uh, drawing up those game plans. So he's going to make adjustments, too, to try to free Lamar Jackson up as well. So, yeah, I like that, man. It's a, it's a cat and mouse game uh, when it comes to that. So, And I wouldn't even be surprised if he saw what Brable did and he flips the script and he's like, I need more ball control I need to run. I need to control the clock. So I wouldn't even be surprised if he's taking that and then taking that to his team. So that's why they went out and got that running back. So so I, I, I think they're going to be the number two team in the NFC this year. So if you get him, he's going he's gonna to put up points. But maybe not as many points last year, but you'll still be happy. I see J.K. Dobbins as a um, – I think he's more of just like an insurance policy type thing for them. I would think they're going to kind of like – hand it off to Mark Ingram for now, and he's more of a succession plan. But, you know, I think he's waiting in the wings. If, if Mark Ingram happens to go down this year, they've got somebody there. But I, I think they'll utilize Mark Ingram. Yeah, yeah. I see it like a 70-30 carry share, but I could see it by the end of the year leading to a 50-50. Yeah, I mean, in addition to J.K. Dobbins, the draft pick, they also have Gus Edwards, who's seen quite a bit of playing time, and Justice Hill back there. So Mark Ingram, man, I, I'm having a – hard time like uh, imagining what he's going to go for in the, on a price tag because the Ravens were so good last year. You know, everybody's going to want one piece of them. I think, you know, everybody's going to want to get a little piece of the, the offense of the Ravens, man. They were so dominant. So Mark Ingram is a running back draft pick, Rich, you know, what, what is your price range on him? What, what do you think he's going to end up going for, man? It's a tough one. Man. 30 bucks. Yeah. Maybe 40. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, see, I'm not going to go there myself, but um, Wait, I, I feel like he's one of those bubble running backs, like a Nick Chubb. Someone missed out on the running back. They got a lot of money. So while you haven't valued at like, you know, 25, 30, you really want to get him at someone has that extra 10 spends 40, 45 and, you know, kind of scoops him. So I don't think he's going to be a value for us, but someone else will get him. It was kind of impressive though, to me that Mark Ingram, you know, in his first year with Baltimore, you know, he was, a really good player in New Orleans for a lot of years and went to Baltimore. I wasn't sure how the fit would be, but it was clear to me that John Harbaugh, you know, is a big Mark Ingram fan. So uh, I, I think he likes how he runs the ball. He sees that he can bust through the goal line and score, you know, just about every time when he's down on the one, two yard line and also, you know, bust it outside for some big runs in that dynamic offense. So I, I really like Mark Ingram as running back, but I just, uh, I don't know. It's a guy I, I would like to get in the draft, but I, I just don't know where the where the price tag is going to be, man. You know, where do you think Mark Ingram finished up last year, uh, fantasy points wise, ranking as a running back? I would say top seven or eight. Nice, dude. Yeah. Uh, seven. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he's the number seven guy, so that's yeah. good. Uh, he had a good year, man. He really did. He fit in there nice, man. He had a good year. I mean, there and then. And then now they're ranking him about, you know, I'm seeing a couple got him about 18 or 20 or so as the, as a running back. So, 
if you can scoop him up at the value that people would pay at 18 to 20, then that's good because he could perform at about a top 10 value if they use him all year. Mm-hmm. If it's more just, you know, okay, here, here we're closing out our time with Mark Ingram. Let's, let's run him. Let's run him a lot. It's super like easy in that running game too. When you have when you have that playing off of Lamar Jackson, it's like it's really nice in the running game. It, it yeah, really sets exactly, up well. The defense is so confused. Yeah, the defense gets confused with all the moving parts and trying to keep track of Lamar Jackson as well, man. And yeah, Mark Ingram was definitely able to take advantage of that, bro. Oh, actually, can I just drop one stat? I believe yeah. Lamar Jackson was their leading rusher last year. FYI. Oh, that's actually He rushed for 1,200 yards, and uh, Mark Ingram rushed for 1,000. Oh, man. That is insane, actually. I did not know that, Brad. That's a – yeah, that just shows – well, they both had good years, but Lamar Jackson was just off the charts, man. But, uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so that's that's why I think it kind of eats into Mark Ingram's value. So – but I do think that Harbaugh saw what Derrick Henry did and and saw the value in having a workhorse. So he went and, like Rich said, got an insurance policy, maybe someone that's going to do a 50-50 share, and they're going to run the ball more. So I do think that's going to help his value. So, I mean, I think he's going to get 1,000 yards for sure, so that's good value if you can get him at the right price. Right on, man. Yeah, I think 30, 35 uh, is probably where he'll go. That would be my guess. But, uh, yeah, man, Marquise Brown, the rookie wide receiver, he went out there, he caught a couple bombs against the Dolphins in week one. What was the final score of that game? 57 to nothing or something. I mean – or 59 to nothing, Lamar Jackson had like six insane. touchdowns. And that was week one. It was like, whoa. And at first you're like, is it just the Dolphins are that bad? Hmm. But that was uh, impressive, man. So, And they kept it up all year, man, just putting up huge scores. But uh, Marquise Brown, sophomore year for him, man. Uh, he had, you know, some big games. He did the rookie thing where he disappeared and was kind of a, a shadow for a few games. He might have had a little injury issue too. You know, is Marquise Brown, a, you know, he's the number one wide receiver on their team. Is he going to be in the top 15 in uh, fantasy, Brad? Hollywood Brown, I should say. Hollywood. It really depends on the value. I really like him. I think he's got a great set of skills. You know, I like Lamar throwing him the ball. I think they're going to win a lot of games. I mean, where do I put him value-wise? I think he's going to go up for about 15 to 25. I don't know. I think that's a little too much value. I kind of want to spend a little less on my wide receivers. So if he drops down in value, I'm interested. But as of now, I think it'll be a little too much. Marquise Brown. Hollywood Brown, Rich. Hollywood Brown. Um, Good player, man. So, yeah, like you said, he is the number one wide receiver there. He's going to attract that action. Um, So, honestly – He's a really good play. I mean, like you said, we've seen spark out of him. He's a great wide receiver. Uh, I think that was a good characterization of what happened to him last year. I think he got dinged up a little bit. And I think like as a rookie, you kind of don't know how to like grind through that and play through that kind of stuff and, and be able to be effective. So I think it, it kind of affected his play on the field. So if he's at full health, I think he's, I think he could, could be really stellar. Yeah. I would actually say Marquise Brown is about the only wide receiver I'm I'm really interested in, yeah. you know, besides maybe Mark Andrews, the tight end. They got uh, Willie Sneed and Miles Boykin as their other receivers. So those aren't anybody you're going to go draft. But, you know, with the offense. No, that's uh, late. Yeah. With the offense that dynamic, though, they're you're going to want to keep an eye on them because who knows what could happen. Uh, Mar Jackson's just killing it out there again. So. Well, yeah, I mean, if a Marquise Brown gets injured week, you know, week one to three or something, those guys get uber valuable. And then, you know, that's more waiver wire than draft, so. Yeah, for sure, bro. 
So Mark Andrews, the tight end guys, he had a pretty nice year, uh, nice connection with Lamar Jackson. He ended up the number three tight end, I believe, in uh, fantasy points. So Brad, uh, did you like Mark Andrews? Did you like what you saw from him? Obviously, on this offense, man, uh, he definitely became a favorite target of uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I mean, he, he was looked to in the red zone, which is, you know, a main component of what I want my tight end to be. I want him getting red zone targets. I mean, number of uh, targets he got was high. So, I mean, everything about him was perfect for a tight end. So, I mean, but because of that, he had a great year last year. I think he's going to go for a bigger value this year. So, you know, I liked him last year because he was a waiver wire pickup. This year, he might go for, you know, a little bit bigger value. So, I'm trying to discover him last year. So, I'm trying to find the new Mark Andrews this year versus, like, trying to get him, trying to stay ahead of the game. Ooh, I like that. We could do we could do a little segment with Brad. Who's the new Mark Andrews? <laughs> no, who's the new Julius Thomas? Brad, staying no, ahead of the my... game. Let's go to Brad. He's staying ahead of the game. Got to find that tight end that's about to pop, that new guy. What about Noah Fant? I like Noah Fant. Here we go. <laughs> Noah Fant. I like Noah Fant. <laughs> he will just keep saying that word, Noah Fant. No, yeah, Mark Andrews, though, that that connection, that's that's what got me. That's that's what sealed the deal on my loss in my championship game. So, yeah, definitely bringing up some terrible memories right now. But, I mean, Mark, what do you think he goes for? I mean, yeah, I don't want to invest much in a tight end. I mean, do you think he goes for 15 20 bucks or? I think he's a top five. For sure. Yeah, yeah, I think he probably will go for around that, Brad. Uh, you know, there's just going to be a premium. There's going to be a premium yeah. on players in this offense. I would say 15, maybe 20. I don't know. It's, it seems like a lot, but. You're going to spend on tight end. You got to go get the one or two guy. You can't give me get number five. If so, drop down to seven and save your money. I think it was closer last year to where it was like viable. You know, Kelsey last year to Mark Andrews. I think I would take that drop off. Whereas like, cause like Kelsey's like thirty bucks and Mark Andrews is fifteen, I'd probably take that drop off, save a little okay. bit, save a little scratch for my. I like Noah Fant. Okay, or <laughs> Noah Fant. Everybody, go out and get Noah Fant. All right. Uh, yeah. You will not be disappointed. Uh, I think that's what it's boiled down to. Most of the times we ever talk, it's boiled down to Noah Fant is a good guy to draft this year. So don't forget about Thomas. It all circles back to that always, man. Just, oh, I mean, and Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> Talking circles about these tight ends, man. I've, inse- I've incepted you about Ian Thomas because that wasn't even me. That was you talking about Ian Thomas. Now. <laughs> Not even me. We got the Baltimore Ravens defensive unit left to talk about. But before we get there, you know, I mean, I got to mention Justin Tucker. Jay Tuck, my boy, he bombs 60-yard field goals with his eyes closed. He's amazing, man. So uh, pretty much the closest thing to automatic for a kicker that you can find. Uh, not even a worry if it's weather conditions or anything. So uh, what do you guys think, man? Any thoughts about he's not human? I don't know. I'll tell you what I think about Justin Tucker. I'll tell you what I think about him. Uh, actually, he's one of the main reasons I did not like kickers being part of the game. <laughs> he's too good. He'd be bombing these. There's one. There's one guy in the league who's getting these 50-yard bombers, and it's like every time you just look at Justin Tucker, you go, "All right, he's gonna make this one." It's not even a question, man. Yeah, he's he's great. Yeah. Dude, he was almost automatic from 50. I mean, he's not so much anymore. He's pretty good. Like. I'd say 75%. Oh, yeah. I mean, which is crazy for 50 yarders. I mean, that's like Steph Curry shooting back, you know, way back there. But, I mean, he's shooting a – he's using like a 60-yarder, and I'm like, wow. 
he could make this, you know. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Brad dropping the Steph Curry. Yeah, from half court, you know, just pulling up. Just from downtown, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, whatever. I mean, people don't come here to usually hear about kickers, but hey, I like that guy, so whatever, man. Yeah. Uh, He's worthy. About... He's worthy of a quick Worthy of a quick mention, I'd say. Drop. Yeah. You know what? If if they if they ever adjust a rule for you in any in any situation, you know, you're playing in your league and they adjust a rule to you, that shows something. You know what I mean? Just in general, they, they sometimes they've changed rules in in football. They've changed rules in basketball just because of certain players, and it's like, man, that like really says something right there. It's like, holy <laughs> shit, this guy's a game changer. Yeah, like that guy was changing too many games. It was annoying. <laughs> So you got a nickname is uh, Tuck You. Tuck You. Yeah. From 52. From 52. From 62. <laughs> to, from 62, no problem. Maybe 62. I guess. Just draining it right down the middle, too. He's insane, dude. I don't know how he does it. I know, it. man. He pipes it, man. Yeah. yeah, Baltimore's D, man. Let's do it. Yeah, the Ravens D is stout, fellas. It is just about every year. Stout. A lot to like about this defensive unit, and it, it's just a, it's like a tradition with them. Ever since the days of Ray Lewis and T. Suggs, man, they're just always putting a quality product out there on the field. And uh, don't forget about Ed Reed, man. Oh, I liked Ed Reed, man. Good safety, yeah, for sure, bro. But yeah, uh, Ed Reed was sick. He was, man. Uh, I think he's a Hall of Famer, actually. He was that sick. So, he is. Yeah, the Ravens D, man. Uh, probably going to uh, command maybe the uh, second or third highest uh, draft price for a defense, I would think, uh, this year. Oh, yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, I mean, I think it's Patriots and Ravens, hands yeah. down. So. Yeah, they're going to be the nice uh, picks for sure, the top ones, I would think. Um, Brad, they brought in Calais Campbell from Jacksonville, man. Uh, huge, huge move. Love that move. I love Calais Campbell. I love that move, man. I think that's like the one thing they're going to really get after quarterbacks now. So there's not going to be any time. They're going to be more aggressive. I mean, I actually think they're the number one defense this year, even though the Patriots, they had unbelievable numbers last year. Numbers that like, I didn't even think a defense could put up. I mean, at one point they're averaging like 22 points a game. It that That's just absurd. So but I do think Baltimore will be the number one defense this year. So I think they'll go for 10 bucks, 15 bucks. And I mean, if you have it in your budget, it's definitely worth it and you'll get the value out of it. So I think it's a good value at 10. Um, and yeah, 15 is high. I, I would agree. I would wholeheartedly agree that Baltimore looks to me like the number one defense on paper. I think with the other side of the field, as efficient as that's going to be, they run the ball. Um, I think it's just going to be a super good situation. Plus, there are defensive playmakers everywhere. They added Calais Campbell, like you say. That's a big signing. That guy's still playing at a high-end talent at a at, at defensive end. Uh, and they added Derek Wolf. So they add linemen, man. Um, this is like – that's going to be a tough – defense really tough everywhere all over the field they've got Earl Thomas who's really really good that's so it's just playmakers everywhere so not like not only is it just a good situation overall team's going to be super good I I think you can expect this team to win a lot of games um, and have a lot of leads so I think you can see a lot of turnovers I think it's I think it's a situation I mean you look at the Patriots last year they were 
great. Um, they had about the same kind of playmakers, same. I mean, Belichick's a, a better coach, but I mean, Baltimore's always that, that defense is always on point. Um, so I always expect it to be really, really good. So yeah, sky's the limit this year. If you, like you said, Brad, too, if you want to invest, I think you could invest um, and, and separate yourself a little bit this year. Yeah, I think what actually made the Patriots defense so good last year was even when they were winning the games and they're up by 14, 20 points or so, the Patriots did not want to let the other team score. They're like, no, we don't care. We're not taking our foot off the pedal. And they just went after them. So I kind of see Baltimore doing that this year. I see them just getting after teams. They did not live up to their potential last year with the loss to Tennessee. So I feel like they're hungry this year, man. And they're going to go get the ball, you know, they're going to try and make plays because they trust their offense. If they miss on them, we'll go put them in back in the lead. So I just see them being real aggressive. I could see them having like a real, real bitter taste in their mouth. Like you said, really coming mm-hmm. out focused, ready this year, firing on all cylinders because they could be scary. They could be real scary. Yeah. And this is from a, uh, what do you call it? Franchise that has won championships before. So they know what it takes to get it done. Harbaugh has won championships. So, they know what it takes. They're going to come out hungry, and I think I think they're going to be a real dangerous team next year. So, I think you're right too about Harbaugh. He's the type of guy, the type of coach, who in a Belichick type of way is going to just like keep the keep the pedal to the floor and just keep going, keep going, gassing it. Like we're we're gonna we're gonna score fifty in it, in every game. I could see that being like yeah. a mentality. Oh yeah, yeah. You we're know. not satisfied till we win that championship. You know. He's got a few uh, proverbial Ferraris in the garage when it comes to this offense, man. He can just let him go out there, and you know, uh, and the defense is just going to be solid, like you said, man. Um, they also brought in Rich uh, Patrick Queen, the linebacker out of uh, uh, LSU, man, linebacker oh, U, and yeah. that's, you know, that's going to be Good a nice, yeah. a nice uh, addition there. I mean, it, it, I always like SEC linebackers. I forgot man. about him. They always seem to come out and just be yeah. polished, be ready for the pros and be able to contribute right away so patrick queen uh might make a difference on that defense too which is already going to be nice and stout so uh well, solid draft pick. The sec there's so many nfl players in there that's like yeah. they're already playing in the nfl yeah. yeah you give me an sec linebacker i like it yeah <laughs> absolutely man so uh, that's good man uh yeah the defense the draft value it's, it's probably going to be worth it because a defense like this it could be a game changer for your fantasy year man this is the type of defense that's going to have big scores man they're gonna put up some really nice fantasy scores based on pick sixes fumble return touchdowns you know and just on the other side of the ball dominating so which is going to lead to teams playing from behind and taking chances you know you guys know how it works man i like this uh defense right. unit as well fellas so guys uh it's you know with a lot of good teams a lot of good fantasy aspects we talked about with this division we're wrapping it up uh we're gonna we're yeah we're just gonna kind of pick you know who we think's gonna come out of it i mean the Ravens, to me, are the team to beat. Uh, I see Super Bowl aspirations on this squad, um, but you know, the Steelers will probably be pretty good, uh, have a bounce back year, maybe make the playoffs. And uh, I'm not so sure about uh, the other two, but Rich, how are you seeing this division, buddy? 
Uh, I see it as Baltimore. I think they're going to finish about 13 and three. Uh, interesting note that I saw sometime back uh, that the, the Ravens only travel about like 3000 miles all season long. So they have oh, just like this super easy schedule. Just um, in terms yeah, of not, not being they're barely too, moving around. Yeah. They have, they're not going to be far away from home very much. Yeah. So they're, yeah, they're, they're, most of their home games are all in the same time zone. Like it, it's all, it's all super easy and set up for them. So I think they're going to have a really good year. I, I think they will be 13 and three or so. Then yeah, behind that, I think the secondary team in the in the division, uh, I'm looking at Cleveland. I think they're going to be the surprise team to finish up second in there. I think they could finish about 10 and six. So I like them there. Uh, Pittsburgh behind it. You know, Ben Roethlisberger back. He could be about a 10 six situation there too at the high end um i could also see a situation where maybe he's not fully healthy and if there's a little health issue now we're talking more like a little seven and nine action or something like that that defense is pretty good though so that keeps them around you, you know you have that top end defense i think it hangs you around eight and eight so i think they'll be hanging but um and then since he obviously bottom who blows. cares cellar dwellers in Cincinnati yeah I totally agree with that order you know I definitely think Baltimore I could see them going you know 14 and 2 you know I could see them going you know 12 and 4 somewhere in there I think is almost guaranteed I do like Cleveland next you know I think they could win anywhere from 9 to 11 games Uh, like you said Pittsburgh 7 to 9 games I see them winning and Cincy I don't know Three. So you, you just chop it, chop it where Brad said he agrees with me. Yeah, I, I just keep repeating it. And put it on repeat. I agree with you, Rich. I agree with you, Rich. Uh, yeah, funny. I agree with you, Rich. I agree with you. But yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, Do you agree with Rich, Mark? Uh, about what? Yeah. What do you think about the order? Oh, uh, the division. No, he already, I, he already yeah, did the division. Yeah, I, I kind of oh, no, said – No, I kind of said I thought – I did do it, but I kind of said I thought the uh, Steelers might sneak into the playoffs, and, but Baltimore win it outright for sure, bro, yeah. Uh, I think – yeah, I think Baltimore might be in the Super Bowl, man. That's that's my prediction. They're going to the Super Bowl this year, buddy. So who's your breakout player, Mark? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's, break it out. Let's break it out and then wrap this shit up. Break it out. Yeah, I got to go to bed. Up, man, for sure. I'm tired. Dudes, I am getting tired. All right, let's do it, man. Uh, the breakout yes. fantasy players. I'll, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, I'll kind of think outside the booth and say maybe Willie Sneed, you know, finds a role in Baltimore that makes him pretty productive and a nice fantasy play week to week. Uh, you know, uh, just so much firepower on the offense. You know, there's just the opportunity for a lot of uh, good things there. So that'll be my guy, Willie Sneed, man. Okay. I think that's a very good pick, Mark. Oh, thanks, Brad. Interesting. Yeah, we didn't get to his name during the Ravens. I like that though. I'm actually going to pick two players this time. You know, like just like Uh-oh. Rich likes to do from time to time. <laughs> pick three, pick four. Uh, you. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, as much as I hate Cincy, I think Ross Ross could have some value at a dollar. So he might be a breakout player, but. He's not really a breakout player in my mind, but I do think Landry will be pretty cheap, and I love his value this year. So I think Landry is the kind of guy to go target. So Okay, well, here, I- I'm curious. I- I'm not sure on this guy if he qualifies or what do you guys think. So what do you guys think about Kareem Hunt? Does he, does he qualify in a-, in a breakout role? Yeah, I mean, if-, if, you- if he goes for flex two numbers, then he's a uh, number number one back, like top 12. 
then I would say he's a breakout. Yeah, so, I mean, he's projected, you know, about 22 or something like that, and he ends up 12. That To me, that's kind of a breakout, right? Yeah, especially if you can get him for 15 bucks and you get that value out of him, 15, 20. Yeah, I mean, so you're, he, you're sticking with that one guy, Rich. You're only going to do one. Well, you want to know who, you, who I would have had as a backup? Mm-hmm. I can tell you. Because mm-hmm. oh, I had got a like backup. four backups. <laughs> If you guys said that Kareem Hunt wasn't it wasn't a breakout, then I had a backup for it in case who's your you backup? Overrated. I had Landry, so well, in who case you, you reacted. Uh, uh. Deontay Johnson, I uh, like that guy. Yeah, I like that wide receiver. I there. mean, Kareem Hunt is a name, but I see where you're saying he could. Uh, you know, everybody knows who Kareem Hunt is. He was awesome in KC for a couple of years, but but it's super over exceed his expected value. Exactly, I see what you're saying, man. Yeah, he you're expect you know he might be a guy who really just blows up in uh, Cleveland is what you're saying. So I get it, man, for sure, bro. I'll accept it. We will accept that answer, sir. Depending on how like people view that, they might see him as like, okay, I'm gonna spend. He you might end up spending eight bucks on him. Yep. And he ends up being, you know, top top twelve possibly, like just be, just because he's breaking off touchdowns all year. Oh, yeah. I think it can be that kind of fits the definition for me. All right, everybody, that will wrap up our analysis, our fully blown analysis of the AFC North Great Division, and we had a lot of fun with it. A lot of fun teams to talk about there, guys. So. Uh, once again, I just want to thank all of you fans out there, all the people who are listening, downloading, supporting us, uh, checking us out on the social media feeds, uh, Instagram, Facebook. When it comes to uh, where you can find to download the pod, we have several options out there for you. So no excuses. No, just kidding. Uh, I mean, we're on Apple Podcasts, Podbean. Uh, looks like iHeartRadio and Spotify are also going to be available soon. So look for that. And it's just super exciting that we are streaming uh, now. And uh, hopefully you guys are checking this out. Tell a friend. Uh, tell your people. Maybe don't tell your mother. I'm not sure if she would be down. But, hey, I'll give it a shot. She might be cool, too. No, just kidding. Uh, all right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap this one up. want to thank Brad and Rich, my co-hosts. They are doing what they do and just, you know, pointing to the bleachers and crushing it. So, Uh, That's how they roll, and uh, we are going to be back next week with our final division. You know, we have been grinding this whole time to bring the information to you guys. And, uh, yeah, next week we're going to wrap it up with the NFC West. Uh, Some might even call it the NFC Best. I guess we'll find out next week. So, all right, guys, uh, thanks again, and catch us next time on the Organic Football Podcast. Edible's fault.